to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B Tech Companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Levenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the B2B Lead Gen podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Lovenbrand. I'm Managing Director of Brightvision as well as hosting this podcast. And today we have the pleasure to have Jason Miller as our guest. He's a marketing consultant, author, photographer, speaker, and a well-renowned marketeer. And he have um, uh, just started working as head of brand and content at Tick Technologies. He has previously been working at big companies such as LinkedIn and Microsoft and Marketo and things like that. He's writing a best-selling marketing book, Welcome to the Funnel, How to Turn Your Content and Social Media Marketing Up to 11. And his strategy has been implemented by numerous businesses and so forth. And he even received the prestigious LinkedIn Transformation Award while he was at LinkedIn. So... I'm so stoked to welcome you to our podcast today, Jason. Welcome. Thank you, Jacob. Uh, happy to be here. Yeah, uh, happy to have you. And we're actually going to talk about a little bit um, later in the podcast, the importance of creativity in B2B marketing. So I'm really interested in picking your brain on that. But you have so much great stories and things under your belt that we need to hear a little bit about more. So people who haven't read your book to come across yourself. Uh, can you give us a little bit of background, you know, what do you do and what have you been doing so far? Yeah, yeah, of course, happy to. Um, by the way, one thing, Tyke is the company, T-Y-K. Tyke, yes, Tyke. that's the right name. All right, perfect. So anyway, um, a little bit about myself. So uh, I had a, I don't think anyone ever uh, grew up wanting to be a B2B marketer per se, right? I think uh, lots of us just sort of fell into it. Uh, I certainly did. I, I worked in the music business for 10 years doing artist development, but I watched this music industry completely fight digital instead of embracing it, crumble in on itself and uh, <laughs> and left uh, and had to sort of reinvent myself. And uh, that's how I sort of got into the world of tech and social was just sort of uh, uh, popping pretty big. And um, yeah, it, it uh, I got my foot in the door to start up. Um, kind of uh, uh, hustled and, and uh, learned as much as I could, then moved over to uh, Marketo, uh, where I was uh, pre-IPO uh, working for John Miller, no relation, but uh, one one hell of a smart guy. Uh, and Maria Pergolino, who was, who, was, who was my boss at the time as well, who's now the C, uh, CMO of uh, Active Campaign. Uh, then um, LinkedIn called, I went over to LinkedIn really early on in the marketing solutions team, helped to build that out and uh, moved over to the UK from San Francisco about six, seven years ago, um, helped build out the team over here and the content and social, and then uh, went to Microsoft for a little bit, figured out I don't fit into a company that big. And uh, now I'm back <laughs> in the startup. And uh, I think that's in a nutshell. Wow, a lot of interesting stuff. And uh, so 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 many great marketeers you've been working together as well there. So uh, just to zoom in a little bit on, I mean, uh, LinkedIn and the LinkedIn Marketing Solutions, and you actually received an award there. Can you tell us a little bit about the things you built there and the campaigns you ran and so forth? Yeah, so LinkedIn was interesting because when I went there, <laughs> it's funny, when I went there, uh, no one was really paying attention to LinkedIn. We were sort of the underdog to, um, you know, Facebook and Twitter, obviously. Even Google Plus was was kind of kicking our ass. <laughs> and it was it was interesting to see, you know, my, my job was to... Um, around content social was to tell the story, uh, change the perception of LinkedIn as a place to get a job to a place where, um, you know, you can 
the definitive professional publishing platform. I think that was our first tagline. But uh, yeah, it was funny because if you look at the feed today, obviously it, it's you know the place to be for B two B marketing. But if you look at it, you know, uh, eight nine years ago, it was a ghost town. Um, but I joined the week that we launched sponsored content, so there wasn't even really a paid option in the feed, uh, and it was just a really interesting time. And, and there were, it was funny because there was really no rules, and it was a small, super small team, really no budget. Um, I brought everything I learned at Marketo, brains over budget, you know, blogging, big rock content, and I and I it was my first chance to sort of put it into play with my own spin uh, and a new team that I built out and. Uh, yeah, we we did all kinds of crazy stuff, and 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 I mean that kind of talks and leads into the the bit about creativity. But you know, we uh, we created the sophisticated marketers guide, which was um, turned into this award winning uh, piece of content that went on for four or five years and turned into you know the first LinkedIn podcast and uh, video series, and of course uh, eBooks and tutorials and videos and all kinds of crazy stuff. It was what we called a an owned media empire, if you will. But but the mm. the whole idea behind it was that every time uh, something happened in the world of social, Facebook uh, and Twitter would get all the attention. The media wouldn't even talk to us. So we decided, um, there's a great great quote from Jella Biafra, uh, a punk rock singer who said, don't hate the media, but become the media. And that was you know the dawn of blogging and content and social. So we, we built our own empire, slow, our, our, owned, our own owned media empire, slowly but surely building that audience um, and, uh, you know, telling our own story in our own unique way and um, testing and experimenting along the way and, and having creativity sort of be that differentiator for us. So, yeah, it was a really, really fun time. Three years in San Francisco uh, and then about three years here in London. But uh, I love LinkedIn uh, and I, I certainly knew there was something there. But man, I look at it today. Wow. It, it, I mean, it is unstoppable. Mm. Yeah. I mean, LinkedIn is so important for everything within B2B marketing today. And, and of course, it's a lot of noise there today. But I, I, if, if it was a ghost town nine years ago when you <laughs> joined them, it have certainly become something very different today. So, uh, wow, what, what a journey. And, and yeah, well, well performed. <laughs> hey, I, you know, I, I just I, it was it was interesting because they're really what we had no rules right and we had uh really no brand guidelines because we were mm -hmm. operating this is what people don't get is is a lot of folks are like oh but you're linkedin you have this mass massive budget and we didn't at the time we were mm -hmm. the underdog uh and linkedin proper you know linkedin is talent solutions they had their own audience and uh their own following so those millions of followers on linkedin and twitter at the time like we they they you know they didn't they weren't relevant to us so we didn't get to leverage that we had to build we started from zero we had 12 subscribers to the LinkedIn blog when I started. Uh, and I always make the joke, and nine of those were internal, right? I mean, so, and the, the other thing was the LinkedIn company page. I think when we started that, we had, I think, I don't know, like maybe four or 500 followers. Like, so it, it's interesting. If you if you follow LinkedIn right now, and a lot of the folks that, that I hired and, and uh, you know, still doing a bang up job there are still in place. Um, but if you want to get the masterclass in LinkedIn, just watch what LinkedIn marketing solutions does. Mm. All the secrets are there. They're still mm. doing a lot of the same tactics we did in the early days. And it's, you know, it's consistency. It's uh, mixing up the content. It's it's uh, going, doubling down on video. Um, and it's about taking risks and, and being creative. And I think, uh, I think, you know, it's a, it's still uh, an underutilized tactic for B2B marketers. Mm. Yeah, and, and that's so interesting and a great bridge into our topic here today. Uh, 
when I talk to marketeers uh, um, in our clients and, and things like that, I have a feeling that everybody feels that they can't be creative because they, I, I don't know, but they're feeling these, you know, <laughs> strings uh, uh, or, or, you know, uh, uh, boundaries that you need to stick to and, and you need to do it through the uh, exact on the brand guidelines and you can't use uh, any tonality without the brand tonality and you know there's so many restrictions as a marketeer uh, so it becomes quite boring and people are aware of it but it's really hard to break out from that and and do something new totally new or, or totally untested so what's your What's your take on creativity for a marketeer who feels strangled or, you know, at least quite uh, <laughs> playing within boundaries, so to say? Yeah, and, so, uh, so th I, I have, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there, but I will tell you the first thing, and this is the reason I got into brand. I shifted from content years ago over to brand, the focus on brand, because because there was this perception of well, it, it, there, it, these B2B marketing trends come in cycles, right? So I remember first it was legion, legion, legion. Then it was big data. And these things finally die off. And creativity always took a backseat to it. And then everyone figured out that, oh, shit, you can't tell a story um, without some sort of uh, brand element and trust and creativity. And so now it's all shifted. You're seeing this big surge for everyone trying to figure out um, what it means to build a, a trustworthy brand and double down on that. So it, it's really interesting to me that uh, the brand guidelines uh, I've seen it. I've seen them used in, in, in good ways and bad ways. And then the bad ways are when you're a startup and you have a brand that you're trying to build and you have this, uh, this, these brand guidelines that sort of hold your content and your tone of voice hostage when no one even really knows who your brand is. Uh, and yeah. so uh, I think there's a time and a place. You know, LinkedIn early days, no one knew what LinkedIn marketing solutions was. We'd go to a, a conference, a big conference, and they'd be like, why the hell is LinkedIn in a marketing conference? Uh, and we had to build our story. But the good thing there and how we did this, and so many brands are so afraid to do this, it blows my mind, is we kept the logo, um, but we didn't really have any brand guidelines. We kind of did what we did. We did, did what we needed to, to break through and, and stand yeah. out and, and differentiate ourselves, especially against a competitor with a bigger budget. So, um, but the good thing is, is it, it started to grow. We started to get some traction. We never hid the fact that we were from LinkedIn, but the logo came along for the ride. So the most successful campaigns we did, my team did at LinkedIn, um, and probably still some of the biggest lead gen drivers and brand awareness drivers didn't necessarily look like they came from LinkedIn. And that was the whole point, right? Mm. Um, because we wanted to break through. If we would have made everything look exactly the same and didn't try anything new in this professional tone of voices mm. that are breaking out, uh, I don't think you'd see the platform where where it is today. I really don't. I think it was the the early risk takers um, and my boss at the time. You know, gave gave us free reign. They trusted us. We drove the leads, freed up some time to do some intelligent risks and experiment with creative ideas. Uh, not all of them worked, but when they did, you know, uh, we doubled down on it and we we won and it was cool. Mm. So again, my point is, brand guidelines, yes, essential. Tone of voice, yes, essential. But if no one knows who the hell you are that you don't need to lock into anything just yet, right? So uh, experiment, test, push, um, take risks, right? That's that's the big thing. And the other part to that, and this this speaks to the marketer that I was, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, I never thought myself as, as there, well, it's no longer an excuse 
to sort of say I wasn't shrug off that I wasn't born creative, right? So although creativity is not technically, um, not a technical skill related to a specific task or a tool or a role, it is most definitely a skill and it can be developed, practiced and enhanced. And I think the biggest thing, and, and this, I found this when I went to Microsoft, is if we want to thrive in this world of automation and AI and, and increased competitiveness, that one skill that we have as a marketer that can never be competed with uh, and it will help us stand out and the brands we work for is to be more creative. Uh, and, and I just, um, you know, in a world of, of uh, a, a ton of very, very smart people, um, you know, creativity is going to be the differentiator. Uh, and I think you see that with um, the, the, most, uh, the most growing set of skills from uh, uh, the latest surveys around the world. The World Economic Forum, when they do the uh, most sought after skills, creativity uh, just a few years ago was not even the top 10. Now it's number three and it's growing and important. So yeah, number one, don't let your brand guidelines hold your hostage if no one knows who your brand is. Number two, <laughs> don't shrug off that you, that you weren't born creative and you can't do it. You certainly can. You just need someone to inspire you. Well, thanks for unpacking and answering that question. I think a lot of people uh, can you know, go through, go by that. And uh, okay, so that's taken care of. We can be creative, whatever boundaries we feel that we have from corporate or whatever. Uh, we certainly need and have to be creative within those realms. So uh, that's so interesting. And it is a skill, as you said, and, and you need to train yourself and your team to become creative and become more creative than your competitors, preferably. If you want to win your game, whatever game or or feel you're in. So what do you think? How could you create such a creative team back in the LinkedIn? And what how did you motivate them? What what how did you get them inspired? Where did you look for inspiration? And what does the process look like? Because I think many people feel that you know they are not the designer themselves and they are not the copywriter. So they need to work through others, but it's really hard to get the result you're looking for and you're trying to so how do you get your team on board how do you get people inspired and to be that top-notch creativity team well it's interesting because i think you know if you look back at why we got into marketing i got into marketing um because, <laughs> because i'm not very good at sales to be honest uh, but mm. i got into marketing <laughs> because there's a there's a creative element to it right and i, th mm -hmm. I just quite frankly i thought it was fun um, I thought it was fun to sort of connect with with folks and um, you know tell these stories and, and create these cool ads and and uh, I thought it was cool, but I think somewhere along the way, uh, marketers forgot how fun it is to do our job and what we get to do every day. And then I think you double down the fact that we we may or may not have moved into the world of B two B where it was perceived to be buttoned up and um, you can't take risks in these long buying cycles. And then it just got more dire, right? And so. I come from the music industry, so I brought everything. I didn't know anything about B2B marketing before I started. I honestly got I didn't know anything. And when mm. I when so I just brought what I knew uh, and plugged in this this consumer kind of fun, um, you know, bringing a, a little bit of edge and uh, testing new things. And, and I brought it into a B2B world. And I don't think uh, a lot of folks had seen that point. And, and we had a lot of success with it. Um, so. But how, how did I bring that to the team? This is this is important. How to get your team to, to not only think more creatively, but be more creative themselves. And everyone has this skill, right? As we mentioned. So the first thing is you need to recognize the value of creativity. You need to recognize that this is a strategy for B2B marketing and it will help you stand out. Now, 
Uh, not everything you do has to be creative. Uh, and you have to look at the new definition of creativity. People generally associate creativity with the arts or with uh, music or artists or whatever, or painting. I associate creativity with a new, uh, a, a creative way of, of, of solving problems, right? Uh, a new approach, looking for things that people, other folks might miss, right? So um, that's what I think it is, is. It's not just artsy stuff. It's creative problem solving. It's creative marketing campaigns. It's doing things in a creative manner instead of being so creative with, with the visual part of it, right? So um, once you sort of define what creativity is and how it applies to your role or your team, then you need to show them. <coughs> we need to first off remind them that we're all here to have fun at some point of the day, right? But secondly, give them a vision of what's possible, right? Um, find something, someone who's doing some cool stuff. I mean, I, th I think if you look at um, the, the if, if someone asked me to name uh, the most creative B2B brands, uh, it would take me a very long time <laughs> because I think of the usual suspects, you know, um, but, and I think we all know who the usual suspects are, but I think it's the underdogs and the startups who are really the ones making the waves. They just don't have the time to shout about it like the big boys do. So um, mm. my point is, Find some examples, uh, give them a vision, steal some ideas, but put your own spin on it. Um, but also uh, find some from inspiration from some thought leaders in the space. Ann Hanley has always been an inspiration to my team, Jay Baer. Uh, again, sort of the usual suspects, but these are the folks who are pushing things forward. Mark Schaefer, uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, mm. So I think recognize the value of creativity, define creativity. Uh, find, share that vision on what's possible, find that inspiration, uh, give them a book. There's a book from John Cleese called a, a short, cheerful guide on creativity that I buy for all my team members when I start working with them. Um, you know, give them that uh, inspiration. And then finally, double down and find out what their superpower is. What is their marketing superpower? Is it their writer? Is it their uh, analytics? Is it, um, you know, is it design? What is that? And double down on it and push them uh, to test and experiment and try things that they they wouldn't do normally, right? And I think that's sort of the fun thing when you all come together. And the other piece to that is the other thing is like, how did you get all these, how did you get these this buy-in for these ideas at LinkedIn or, or even Microsoft or Marketo or Active Campaign? Here's the secret. If you nail the foundation and you get the the, the leads coming in from your team, then you can buy some time to carve out for the team and do an intelligent risk. That's what we used to call it at LinkedIn. Jeff Weiner used to inst inst you know, make, make sure that we had one intelligent risk, one creative intelligent risk as an OKR for a team for each, each, uh, each quarter. Uh, and so build a little story, test it out. Uh, and if you find success, bring it to the rest of the team, sell it up and scale it out. All the best programs came from us just building the lead gen engine um, keeping the keeping the sales team happy uh, and carving out that time for experimentation. And, and, and then once those ideas hit, we sold it back to the rest of the org and we scaled it. Um, and not all of them hit, but we had the freedom and the trust from our, from our leadership to be able to do this. And I think that's so critical. And that was uh, marketing campaigns that you played around with for, uh, you know, for different uh, topics or products or solutions you mean uh, and you played around in small scale and when you saw the leads coming in bam you just put a serious budget on it and scale it is that what you mean yeah so for, i'll give you a good example so um mm -hmm. we created this 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 campaign the big rock uh campaign we, we called it called the sophisticated marketers guide 
And this was our sort of, we knew it was a big piece of content that we could slice and dice and it would fuel demand gen and social and, and sales enablement for up to a quarter, right? It was this massive piece of content built around the top questions around uh, our prospects, but also being very helpful and, and you know leading with expertise and influencers kind of weaved into it. So that was our big rock. Once we launched that into the system and kept and sort of automated everything and got that kind of uh, the engine humming, it opened up some time for us to think, well, what can we do next? And, you know, we went, it was, it was here in the UK when we, um, we did, uh, oh, actually we did, uh, uh, we started a magazine because <laughs> <We>, <laughs> print's really big in the UK. And so I, I thought, let's, let's do a magazine for marketers. And we did a small little test and we pulled together some content that we already had um, and then added like 20, 30%, but we made it to a really fun, engaging magazine and we launched it in the UK uh, and then it went global because it was we had we had that story, right? I think there was one of the other things we did. We did um, at Marketo. We did, we did a coloring book um, before it was cool to do a coloring book, and that was a massive piece for us. But it was always about keeping keeping you know keeping the lights on, keeping sales happy, keeping uh, you know the leads flowing in and nurtures and whatnot. But finding that time uh, to carve out for some truly creative ideas, and those were. Those were the ones that got the uh, you know the most magic. There was another one we did. I'm gonna go on for days with these ideas, but um, we 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 did another one where uh, uh, it was called Read This Campaign, and we basically I I partnered up with um, the guy who was uh, the album design cover for Oasis here in the UK, uh, oh. and and we used him to design uh, this campaign for us based on text only. So I figured that if um, if we ran a text only campaign where the covers and the ads were just bold text, black on white, um, black on red, you know, white on like just mixing up these colors and text that you wouldn't click on the ad or the um, or the whatever it may be, the social post, unless you wanted to do exactly what it said it does on the cover. So we literally the, the campaign was uh, text based simple but we led with we led we, we stripped out the creativity from the campaign itself and dropped it inside of the uh the actual content itself so it was just these crazy ideas like this that uh, that added some mystique and some fun and um and some experimentation and again did it look like linkedin no but we uh it broke through and it um and it and it it, it, it performed it overperformed better than we wow. ever expected Do you work as a sales, marketing, or channel manager and would like to generate great leads to your B2B tech company? Then we are here for you. By creating a qualified sales pipeline and strengthen your position in the tech industry, we help you grow. Depending on your needs, we use effective strategies like inbound marketing, telemarketing, account-based marketing, and paid media. Get more information on brightvision.com. You said that you had always an OKR was taken intelligent risk. Was that something that drove this experimental experimental lust, or was that built into the culture on LinkedIn as well? It was it was built into the culture at LinkedIn, but you know, again, it was it was my boss who said um, there was a personal development OKR for each one, each team member, and we sort of just kind of turned that into an intelligent risk. Um, so each team member had to come up with one experiment they were going to do, and it could be anything. anything. It could be, you know, design-led experimentation. It could be um, testing an influencer campaign. It could be testing a, a piece of content, a blog, whatever it may be, anything they could think of. But the idea was 
try something that we that that you wouldn't normally do uh, that that could spark um, some interest in some unique places or or something you know back to the creativity the new definition. How do we solve a a, a very complex problem with a, a very unique solution? Um, and so we I mean we got a, I got a million of these ideas from from LinkedIn and back in the day, uh, but yeah it was always sort of um, making it a point and making it part of their job to uh, to take that intelligent risk. And the intelligent risk, I think, is, is Jeff did a, a a really good blog post on this. And um, it was, I, if I remember the definition correctly, it was something along the lines of uh, intelligent risk is, is something, uh, a risk where uh, any, I, I'm going to mess this up, the any negative outcome or any positive outcome greatly so far outweighs any sort of negative in, uh, uh, outcome from this that it's worth taking. I'm, I'm completely butchering that, but go back to Jeff uh, Jeff Weiner. He did a great job explaining <laughs> that. But the idea was to make it part of their job, uh, and what that does is it sort of disrupts the the status quo of the marketer who's just checking boxes and celebrating mediocrity and pushing things out the door just to get them completed. Right. It gives them yeah. accountability, but it also gives them freedom to try something new, try one of their ideas. Uh, and I think that's what what the game changer was in terms of uh, instilling this trust and this vision and empowering them to be creative. And, and you know, if you look back at the other side of that, uh, you know, in the in in today's world, everyone's going to tell you well, you mentioned it before about um, restraints around creativity. There's also this this general idea that in order for creativity to thrive, it needs to roam free and, and be out there. But it, it's exactly the opposite, in mm. fact. So the idea is uh, creativity truly thrives in under constraints. And the more constraints you have, the more elegant of a solution you could prop, you have the, the, the chance of coming up with. And so an example would be, there's a million people out there who will tell you, um, or, or algorithms and uh, different AI platforms to say, oh, your uh, your email subject line has to be this long. There's mm -hmm. a constraint. Uh, your um, your LinkedIn post must be text-based, 300 words with no links. Uh, there's the constraint. I don't particularly like that constraint, but you know, it, it, there's all these different algorithms and um, and uh, influencers and whatnot and and uh, platforms telling you what best practice is. Uh, or have giving you some sort of constraint. And I think if you can dive into that and double down on those constraints, uh, that's where you're going to see some really interesting ideas born. Wow. Yeah, that's so great. That's great. And also mentioned in the um, intro section there that AI is coming uh, quite big now. We see both design AI software as well as copywriting software based on AI, and they're becoming pretty good. So you can actually see a future where they do a lot of the work, but the creativity part, we need to be, uh, you know, at the top on as as marketeers and so forth. So, yeah, what what technology trends do you see play in here? Do you see AI taking over or not? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's <clears throat> I talked quite a bit about this when I was at Microsoft and even into mm -hmm. Active Campaign, uh, and even just recently at a couple of different conferences around Europe. Here's the thing. Uh, AI is, is, if you look at some of the latest trend reports and, and sort of focus for marketers, it's a back to basics approach, right? We got so far ahead of ourselves that we forgot to keep our eye on the ball when it turns in terms of building an audience, uh, nurture flows, um, you know, automated uh, uh, responses that, that trigger back to something bigger. So I think, <laughs> I think mm -hmm. 
the last report I saw, AI had fallen down as a priority, and it went back to experiences, brand building, uh, and sort of, and, and of course, ABM, ABX, et cetera, whatever you want to call it. So the problem with, with AI is that it's, it, it has an Achilles heel. The Achilles heel is creativity and relevance. It doesn't understand relevance. What it does is it understands what's input into it, and it can crunch these massive amounts of numbers, and it can spit something out, right? So if, we can, if, if marketers can leverage on that or lean on that to take sort of all the legwork out of these massive data sets and these uh, you know, distilling down um, personalization at scale, then we can focus on the message. We can focus on the creative. We can focus on the brand. We can focus on the strategy. These are things that I think we put on the back burner for far too long. Um, and the, the goal is not, can, can AI be better than me or is the AI going to be smarter than me? The, the, the question becomes, how do I leverage AI to help me do, uh, do things at scale, crunch these massive numbers, make sense of these data pools, automate everything that doesn't need my daily attention so that I can get back to the basics and tell a good story and make sure the brand is on the right path. So that's how I see it working together. Mm -hmm. Now, is anybody doing it that well? <laughs> that's, that's a... That's a whole other conversation. Exactly. Uh, this, but it's why I love being a marketer because, you know, I, I move, you know, I moved to a new company recently and there's new challenges and I feel like I'm in a good place because they really need my skill set. Uh, and I think, you know, I've, I've been successful because I'm not the smartest person in the room. I think I might be in sometimes the, mo the most creative thinker in the room. Uh, and I sort of double down on that. And that's what, what I lead with. So uh, it goes back to, um, surrounding yourself with people who are smarter with you, smarter than you, so they can push you, but also always looking for that creative angle that someone else might be missing. Yeah, awesome. That's so great. And uh, thank you so much for sharing all this, uh, Jason. It's so inspiring talking to you. I could go on for hours, but I know you're a busy guy and you need to, you know, get the talk. Uh, and funny enough, I got a, I got yeah. a call right after this uh, with yeah. my team, and uh, and and it's it's my favorite call of the week because uh, there's so much energy and and uh, uh, creative ideas, and we even have a little section called um, "Astonishing Tales of Content Marketing," <laughs> and like we, <laughs> we have fun on the on the call, and everyone's empowered, and and uh, it gives me energy, and I, I just get really excited about this. So, yeah, um, I love talking about this stuff, as you can tell. And uh, it never gets old for me. There's always a new challenge of marketing. I like it when we get too far ahead of ourselves because I like to take a step back and, and get back to our basics and roots. And uh, mm. but the yeah. one the one thing that's always going to stay uh, consistent is the need for uh, more creative thinking, more 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 creativity. And I love the fact that branding is is taking a um, uh, you know a, a big move move forward, and people are focusing on this because uh, it's all about uh, trust and. And being, you know, telling a good story. I think we all figured out how hard that is. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> telling a good story will never get out of uh, fashion, you know. So yeah. uh, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. For listeners, you want to know more about you, Jason, your books, your content, and your company, Tyke. Where can they go? You can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, Jason Miller. Just type it in. I should hopefully pop up Jason Miller Marketing. You can find me on Instagram where I'm spending uh, more time than I probably should. Jason Miller, CA, <laughs> TikTok, uh, Jason Miller as well. And then um, tyke.io is the website, tyk.io. 
Um, super cool company, startup, uh, API management. Uh, I'm super happy here. Innovative, um, great storytelling, uh, and exactly where I want to be with with uh, with my career right now. And then rockandrollcocktail.com is where you can find my newsletter and uh, all the things I write about creativity, music, uh, photography, all sort of wrapped into one. So, uh, oh, and then Jason Miller CA on Twitter as well. So I'm I'm everywhere, but but Instagram <laughs> and uh, my website are uh, where where you can find my my best stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Jason. And I wish you all the best Thank and good luck with uh, your new career move here to Tide. And catch companies. you on the flip side. Don't yeah, forget Jacob, to thanks for having me on. Uh, big fan of what you guys are doing with Bright Vision. Um, the campaigns are awesome. And, uh, yeah, just a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for thinking of me. Thanks for thinking of me.